traveling. Um, this morning I was toying with our message for this morning um, because of a, a number of things. There's a, there's a thing called the, the tyranny of the urgent. The tyranny of the urgent is that um, there are some things that you, you do and you, you say and sometimes uh, you, um, let me get this straight. In, in the process of it, you um, kind of overlook some things. And so I said, Lord, there's, there's so much to say this morning. And, um, and I really want you to get this. Because we have a, chance, a tendency to kind of read through and overlook stuff. So my, my concern is that we kind of walk through the process. Let's bow in prayer. Father, uh, as we uh, come, we just pray that you will open hearts and minds. It's more than my just standing up here. Together we enter into your word. And we'll be entering into your word with different levels of hearing. And the level we hear is how we will apply. So help us, Lord, to hear and to apply with wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. Our uh, subject for this morning is uh, You Do, I Watch, Part 2. We did a I, You Do, I Watch, and uh, I've been going over this as far as training is concerned. And again, it's good to see, to see Tim uh, here with us. But in the training uh, process, whether you're in the um, armed forces, whatever it is, you do not immediately go to your spot. If so, you'll get yourself hurt, sure enough. So what happens is they take you to a training process. And through the training process, uh, they don't want you to do a thing but listen. Because how you listen is how you apply, and how you apply will make a difference. And so he goes through it, you do, I do, you watch. No. I do, you help. You do, I help. And you do, I watch. Now let me back up. This morning, you do, I, I uh, uh, you watch. Now what I do, you watch. Here's what we're doing. He said, okay now, guys. He says, I'm going to take you through something. And that's why chapter 8 and even in chapter 9 and everything that the Lord has taken this, them to through, you'll find that the disciples are not permitted to do anything. Keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. Just watch what I'm doing. Now watch the training. Well, so what we're doing is, a lot of times we read what Jesus did here and what the disciples, so what we're doing, we're watching Jesus train these disciples and understand what he's training them to do, he wants you to do. Everybody with me right now? Okay, all right. So then, then now we're going to the storyline so that we'll, we'll see what's, what's going on with a few uh, inter interruptions here. Uh, introductions. He said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and they marveled saying uh, to one another, who then is this that he could command even winds and waters? And they obeyed, they obey him. So 
uh, in our introduction, the scriptures that we are observing will reveal that Jesus is taking his disciples to a hands-on training experience. Everything he did was intentional and had embedded in it eternal importance. Again, that's why I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pressured to say, you know, I want to get to the next point, next point. But I want you to see something here. I was counseling uh, a couple this week, and um, she was wondering, um, I'm here to counsel, but my husband doesn't talk. So, so I went over this line, I do, you watch. You know? I said, because he he'll sit through this whole thing, and he won't say a word. I said, no, I do, you watch. Don't say anything. <laughs> so then what happened was I began to I began to focus in on the husband and as I talked man to man I began to what they call mirror mirroring. I began to talk with him about some uh, various things and I went into his his mental cave and he identified and once he did he started talking. I mean he really started talking. It really started coming out what was on his heart. And he was saying this and this and this. And he said things about, you know, his first, I said, well, that pretty, you're pretty frustrated. Yes, I'm frustrated. And, and sometimes my wife, then the wife said, oh, and I, and I said, shut up. Shut, don't say, keep your mouth shut. I said, listen, what he, he's talking, keep your mouth shut. Because if he shuts it down again, he's not going to open his mouth again. So as I do, you watch, keep your mouth shut because you won't be able to handle what's getting ready to come up. And so what, he's, so what the Lord is doing is saying, okay, guys, I want you, I'm, you do, I do, you watch. And so we're going to go through these things now. Our observation here is everything that the Lord is taking us through is very intentional with eternal results in mind. Everything you're going through. There's nothing that you accidentally go through. Everything you're going through has an eternal purpose, okay? So then trust God as you go through it. He's not trying to kill you. He doesn't have to take you through all this to kill you, okay? Uh, he just won't, he just don't have to, all he has to do is not let you wake up. So then we go to um, this thing then thinking it through. Uh, we'll, as we observe God, uh, observe Jesus, let us consider three stations of training and the significance of the lessons. Number one, the desperate predicament. Number two, the devastating dilemma. And number three, the disappointing plea. He says, I want, he said, I will be doing all I want you to do is watch. And so he says, first lesson. You got a guy? Yeah, Jesus. Okay, good. First lesson. Then we're going to go through this whole idea. The desperate uh, predicament. And as we look at this uh, 25, 22 to 25, one day Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they, they set out. Oh, they, they said, well, we're going on to the other side. It's on an ordinary day. Jesus said, we're going on the other side of the lake. We're going on the other side of the lake. Uh, uh, it's, it's another day, okay? Praise God. And then all of a sudden, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled, it was filled uh, with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. 
Other passage of scripture says, don't you care we're going to perish? Now, understand, Jesus said we're going on the other side of the lake. Then he went down to the stern there and just went to sleep. A storm comes up, and they're saying, wake up. And he woke up, and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was calm. Luke 8, 25, and he said to them, where is your faith? I'm with you. I told you we were going to the other side. What made you think that we were not going to uh, on the other side? And why are you waking us up and talking about we're going to perish if I say we're going to go to the other side? Which means you don't believe me because you saw me sleep. Oh, oh, that's the reason. The reason that God is not uh, going to help me here because it seems like he's not answering right now in my life. It seems like everything is going wrong. Are oh, you sleep, Jesus, on this? He said, where's your faith? And they were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even winds and waters and they obey him? Now, oh, now they're praising after it. Not trusting in the middle of it. What are you going through right now that seems like it's hard? I mean, really hard. Remember what it said about the, the, winds, the winds and the waves and what have you? All of a sudden, they're out on the lake, minding their business. It says, and the winds uh, came down. Uh, Galilee, how the typography of that, how the winds would come down upon it. It, it could be a, an immediate. The sellers knew that, too. The winds would come down immediately. It will catch you in that type of thing. And it was very dangerous. And those who were uh, good sellers would know that something like this would kill you. And so the disciples were saying, along with Peter's voice, Lord, don't you care that we perish? Wake up. In the middle of all of this, let's, let's break it down just a little bit further then. As we go through this, several, several things we need to, to pay close attention to. One, Jesus gave the orders. It was not a vote. Amen. Uh, so, see, whenever the Lord tells us to go somewhere, uh, he doesn't ask your opinion. He doesn't, he just say, he tells us to go, right? We're, we're from the wall and we're going here and he tells us to go. He doesn't, what he doesn't tell us is all that we're going to run into. He's, but notice what he says. Not only that, I want you to go. He said, let us go. Jehovah Shammah, God is there all the time. So I'm starting here with you, and we are going to the other side. We forget that in the midst of what we're going through. Don't you understand that God is with you? I was sharing with the board, board members and, and a few others. The whole idea of the Garden of Eden was not the biting of the fruit. The whole idea of the, the, uh, the, the fall of man, the real test of the fall of man was that when man was put into the garden, God told him, the moment that you bite off this, this tree, you should surely die. Was God telling the truth? All right, so then God told the truth. You eat of the truth. So he was not like saying, you like a judgment, you eat it, you're going to die. No, he was saying, this is what this tree will do to you. It'll kill you. Got it? Got it. Satan comes along and says to the woman, 
I hear that you know, the bitter that fruit, you know, you, you'll die. You won't die. And now they had a choice of believing Satan and God. And the problem is they believe Satan instead of God. They bitter the fruit. Every time, and all through scripture now, all through scripture, you type up, you just type up the word in your concordance, uh, 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 belief, or believe. You come up with 142. Check out all the time that it says it. Check out all the, all the ramifications when you talk about the whole idea of believing. It's amazing when a person does not believe. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to him must what? Believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently uh, seek him. He said, he said to the disciples, we're going to the other side. Do they, did they believe Christ? They heard him. But the storms were coming and things were getting rough. And it challenged not only their body, it, it challenged their spiritual status. And they doubted the Lord. And so the Lord not only rebuked the wind, he rebuked them. I'm rebuking the wind because of the harm you physically. I'm rebuking you spiritually because you guys are supposed to be replacing me. So I think it's important that he, he fell asleep. A tremendous and dangerous storm arose. The disciples became desperate. And Jesus did the three significant things. He awoke. He rebuked the winds and waves. And then he rebuked his, his disciples. When Jesus woke up, he straightened everything out. <laughs> he, he straightened the threat out. And then he straightened his disciples out. Oh, I'll get you to the other shore. But you know my problem with you? You're okay with the storms, but you're satisfied with your fear. Where is your faith? Why don't you believe when you don't actually see me here and things happen in your life right away? Why don't you believe me? Lesson number one. To consider what to do in a dangerous and even desperate situation. Let's read together. Number one, the Lord should find us resting and not reacting. Got it? May that sink down in your soul. May the Lord find us resting and not reacting. Number two, ready? The Lord should find our faith as we reboot the thoughts of doubt. The moment that you decide to doubt, you have just gone on to Satan's camp. That means you have chosen not to believe God. You had to choose not to believe God in order to doubt. Therefore, God expects us to believe at all times. Number three, ready? The Lord should be given the opportunity to show himself strong on our behalf in the middle of our dilemma. God waits until we get in the middle of our dilemma, not the beginning. <laughs> He'll wait till we get in, till he gets, you know why? Because it's then that all, we won't be writing books on uh, five steps and seven steps this and do this and that. The only thing that you'll be saying is, praise the Lord God, deliver me out of this situation. 
Because it's God who always delivers. Then we find the Lord should get the glory, not disappointment. The only thing that Jesus Christ got out of that whole deal of that first level of training was disappointment. And he asked the question. Why did, first question is, why did he ask the question? He wanted the number one. This was a soul. People don't just ask questions. There's a soul searching thing when a person asks the question. Why? Where is your faith? Why did you doubt? What happened here? And these guys are saying, whoa. That was amazing. We've never seen anything like this. Boy. Praise God. You see what I'm saying? What manner of man is this? I've been trying to tell you guys all this time who I am. Oh, but, you, but you're rookies, and so I have to keep you. That's why I got you in basic training right now. Because, you see, if Jesus Christ would have left those guys at that point, you know how, how they would have been wiped out? In the midst of their storms, in the midst of all of their oppositions, they would have folded you know why God's not taking, a lot of times he doesn't take you out of your situations? Because it doesn't toughen your skin. So, so let this thing have its perfect work in, in you so, so that you'll, you'll come out and you'll have a testimony. Don't give up. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I just... I, I, I say that for a number of reasons. See, the things that I'm sharing with you, and I was looking at my birthday, and I was looking over all the years, and I was looking at all the things that I found myself going through uh, with, I mean, just, I won't start enumerating them, but just all of the various experiences and the betrayals, and the, I mean, just so many things. And I said, how, I said, coming this far, Am I discouraged with life or fired up? I'm more fired up now, you know, because I learned, I, I learned something from all of those years. Don't trust in what people do or what, God, uh, what uh, uh, no, Donald can do, but what God can do. Where's your faith? When you have faith, you stop complaining and you pray more than you complain. Oh, well, well, we, see, my, my goal, that's why I, I had to say to myself, Don, don't break your neck trying to uh, finish. If, if I don't finish, then we go to part three, okay? I, I just want to make sure that you get the, get the idea. Because each, each scenario, God is, the Lord is teaching the disciples, he wants us to understand something. This, and each time, it's a different scenario. Each time it's a different area. See, when, when I was under uh, the basic training, they took us through each station of training. All of them were, was, was not the same. With the, with the tear gas, they put us in this, this, this room, and he would tell them about what this tear gas will do. And, we, and those who were listening, he said, listen, he told, the first they taught us outside what to do. They brought us inside, to, and then they, uh, they put the tear gas uh, in, up to the gas room and everything else. And then he said, Take your mask off. I said, I, no, you didn't say take my mask off. You know, said, take your mask off. You know, so we took, and all the guys were, ah, said, now what you learned before we went in here, now 
put your mask on. If you were if you were kidding and joking and everything else, now we're going to see. Because if you put your mask on, things it will begin to filter this thing and you'll be okay. All the rest of these, that means that you guys were not listening to me when I told you before you went into the room. See, so a lot of times the things that we're going through, the Lord says, here's what you're supposed to do. Then if you're reacting to God, God is saying, why didn't you put your tear gas on? You know, Why is it that you're suffering so? It's not the circumstances, it's your belief. Are you hearing me? How you respond to your situation has nothing to do with your situation, that it is a spiritual situation. You mean I'm not to complain? No. Show me in scripture where you're supposed to complain about your problems. Matter of fact, it says casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That's so important. Well, I, I think you, you got it. So we'll, we'll go to the second one. We'll barely make to the second one, though. Um, uh, the second one, then we come up to one that um, we go to the next thing then. Then they sell to the country of Genazarenes, uh, which is opposite what? Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on the land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. And he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a times it has seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and the shackles. But he would break the bounds and be driven by the demon in the desert. It goes on. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, legion. And that's why I put that in parenthesis. Legion means somewhere between 3,000 to 6,000 demons. Says, what is your name? It says, it's three to six thousand of us in him. We got him. For, for demons had entered him, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now, a large herd of pigs were uh, feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and, and the herd rushed down the, the steps, uh, the steep bank into the lake. I think that we, we need to look at some of this. The, the condition of the man. He was demon-possessed. He was homeless. He had no clothes. He lived in the tombs. He was in this condition for a long time. This man's condition is a preview of what a lost soul who die in their sins and spend eternity in a lake of fire. No help, no mercy, no should be no relief. No relief. Let me just talk to you right now. When Jesus went over across, now the disciples have recovered, now they're going on the other side. This is where they were going. When the Marines hit the shore and Jesus got out, 
he saw a man who was lost. What's the word? Whenever you hear the word loss, that means that it is the cessation of any other opportunities. You are void of no opportunities. It stops right there. It, have, you ever, have you ever lost something? Um, I, I've been washing clothes. Have you ever lost one sock? When, when you lose that one sock, to try to say, well, well I'll, I'll, I'll make it. No, I need to find that other what? Have you ever been in, in, in uh, there's no one thing to be misplaced. It's another thing to lose. It's another thing, it's, it's one thing to, when you, when you lose, every opportunity cease at that point. Every person that does not know Jesus Christ, you are lost. You lost the opportunity of being saved. You're, you're, um, God, God, in other words, if you die in your sins, then as far as God's mercy and God's love and God's light, there's no help. You're going to suffer everything that, that was prepared for the devil and his angels on top of pain. Lost. And so this is kind of a physical picture of what's going on. This man is physically, he has three, three to 6,000 demons in him. There's no rest in his soul. He's going among his, his, how he lives in the tombs and he's cutting himself and he's, he's screaming and there's no mercy. And there's no one who wanted to come near him. They are scared of him. He's alone. He's afraid. He's hurting. And on an ordinary day, Jesus shows up. <laughs> I can imagine the disciples when they got out there and they said, and they saw that, that crazy looking man who was na naked and acting crazy and everything else. And they said, Whoa. Jesus said, I do. You watch. Go ahead, Jesus. You. You do this, Jesus. <laughs> do it, Jesus. Whatever you do, do your thing, Jesus. You know. And he, and he went toward toward that. I I was going down uh, King Drive about. I think it was about ninety. Uh, anyway, it was, it was about uh, about eighty eight streets. There's there's a viaduct there, and I was getting ready to go under that viaduct. And on, but something caught my eye. On top of the viaduct, there was a man who was. Naked. I mean, just he was just naked, kind of heavy set guy, belly and everything else. He caught caught my attention because he, he wasn't just standing. I mean, he just he was running back and forth across there. He might have he might have fell on on traffic. I don't know, but he and he was screaming. But he was running uh, along the side of the uh, uh, train that was uh, no steel. But he was running back and forth, and he was screaming and everything else. And uh, and I and that still sticks with me. And for me, for the first time, I felt so helpless. What what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Jesus Christ said, "Guys, here's another level of training. Watch this. Watch this. No level of training." He says, "I do. You watch." I'm dealing with a lost person who has three to six thousand demons, and this man is out there and he's suffering. Don't you say anything. You just keep your mouth shut. 
I do, you watch. Everybody with me so far? And so what happened is the confirmation with the demons, the demons did, did uh, four things. They reacted, they reported their number uh, from three to 6,000. They begged Jesus for two things. Number one, don't throw us, take us to the abyss. Number two, permit us to go into the pigs. And Jesus said, go right ahead. They immediately left and did this, just that. And when the pigs, when they got into the pigs, they went into them and ran, and those pigs ran into those, they went crazy and went down into the, to the water. As to my the estimate, I think it was close to 2,000 pigs was lost that day. Those who were mining the pigs, that was a big business. They were making their money off the pigs. Bacon and all these other things. Boy, it's gone now. And all of a sudden, lost. Gone. The results of it, lesson two, consider never let the effects of a serious situation divert you, your attention from the cause. There's always a cause. Don't ever let the condition of an unsaved person divert your attention to why you're there and what you should do. I do, you watch. Jesus, now have Jesus told those disciples what was going to happen at, before they took the trip? You know what they would have been saying? Lord, you mean we're going to be going through a storm and then we're going to be running to a crazy man? Uh, are you sure you want us to go with the, we, we, uh, we wait back here and uh, you go ahead and then come back and pick us up. No, Lord. no, he just said, we're going over to the other side. That, that's, why, that's why there's a lot of things God don't tell us because we have a heart attack the moment we hear it. There's so many things we're confronted with. And when you are confronted with a very desperate and, and uh, a vicious situation, don't let that deter you as to who you are and the power that you have in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Don't forget who you are. It's not based on your ethnicity. It's based on your connection with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Don't you ever forget that. The moment you forget, you're going down. You're going down. I, um, I have a few minutes, so let me just kind of uh, close this out then. This is what we call the shock and awe. The shock. What is it, the he says, I do, you watch. You heal the guy and everything else. And it says, and when, the, when the herdsmen saw what happened, they fled and told, told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons have gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. They got there and met the man and said, hey, how y'all? Something wrong up in here because the man is crazy and then it says and those who have seen it told them how the demon possessed the man and had been healed also they know they know the whole story then all the people get this down all the people surrounding the country of Jerusalem's <laughs> asked him to depart from them 
go ask them to do what? For they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. And the man from whom he's, the demons have gone uh, begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home. Declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus has done for him. We closed in on this note. Watch this. In these last few verses, there are five things that merit our attention and will help us in our being prepared for the moments and days ahead. Number one, the mercy and miracle of Jesus. We got that. Two, the healed and delivered man. We got that. The drowned pigs and the people means uh, 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 the means of life gone. The mood, confused, shocked, horrified, the mood of the people. The clarity articulated message to Jesus. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Jazarenes asked him to depart from them for they were seized with great fear. So they got into the boat and returned. I want to end on this for a number of reasons. You say, well, how does that affect me? The reason that the people said, depart from us, is that you okay, Jesus, in healing the man, but you messed up my business. Jesus is okay, Jesus is okay as long as you don't bring him into the workplace. Jesus is okay if you don't mess up the prophet. These, these folks are horrified. Yes, they are scared from what the, the shock and awe. But here's the real shock. Nobody have jobs now because the pigs are gone. What would be, what would be your response? Jesus? There's two things. Now. I, I appreciate the man being well, but I don't have a job. You killed all my pigs. All those who are supposed to be doing this with the pigs and everything else, all the sandwiches we could have made, gone. And their response to Jesus was, the only response, go away. Every time you have, every time you have a business and you want to put Jesus somewhere in the picture, you watch the response. It's all right for you to say you're a Christian, but when you start putting Christian ethics and everything else and foundational things in it and making sure that there's truth abide by it, boy, you'd be surprised the response. One pastor, he was talking about him being over this department and how he set up things and had Bible studies before the, the uh Things took place and boy, uh, how the people would, would come and had the good Bible studies until they changed management. The first thing they said, hey, what's this? What's this? What's this? And over and over again, keep hearing, not here. To be politically correct in the schools. We want you to help us, but don't bring your Bibles. We want you to pray, but don't mention Jesus. 
The shock and all is that you can be with, with Jesus and walking with Jesus and do miraculous things. But the moment that you come into a world that is hostile God, and that's what it is, then don't be bent out of shape if they reject you. Amen. And did you notice what Jesus did? He didn't argue with him. He didn't say, wait a minute. He didn't try to make a case. You saw what I did, you ungrateful rascal, you, you know. The, the guy, you couldn't put him, try to put him in chains, you couldn't hold him down. I came along and helped you all. And you telling me to leave? Oh, no, you didn't. It just said, and Jesus left. And Jesus left. But one, th one thing that I thought, too, uh, I, I thought it was very important in the course of his leaving. Um, notice, notice this now. The, the people were more concerned about their loss to the business than a miracle that, that would turn their eyes to God. The newly uh, transformed man here, Jesus' command to, to stay, go, tell, and he did it with all diligence. Lesson three. If people reject Jesus, they will probably reject you. Don't take it personal. Do what? Stay focused. The moment that you really make up your mind to walk with the Lord, you watch what your reactions are. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal for what they say or what they do. Be willing to walk away. The Lord understands. That's, if you really want to do some Bible studies, that's what happens at times. People just say, we don't want you. And so he tells the disciples, if they don't receive you, then I tell you what, shake the dust off your feet. And keep going. So one last thing then. This one last thing is this. The dynamics of faith makes it very clear that it's not only what we believe and receive, uh, but, I'm, sorry, but receive, I'm sorry, but receive, and, we, and give back with reverence and commitment. Again, the dynamics of faith makes it very clear that it's not only what we, re we receive and believe and receive, but receive and give back with reverence and commitment. With that, it said this. When he told the man, you stay here and you go back and you tell others, I delivered you. What, did that man go back? He was delivered and he did everything the Lord told him to do. You know why? It goes along with Hebrews and everything else. Faith without what? Works is He, looked, he wanted to go with Jesus. Jesus said, you can't follow me, but here's what I want you to do. Go back and just tell it. Don't try to convince it. Just tell it. And probably get the same type of resistance. Just tell it. Some will receive it, and some will reject it. I do. You watch. With the storms... With hard situations, with rejections, here's the things you're supposed to do. Don't give up. Keep going.
stay with the plan. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what it has to say to us. And may we be individuals who be great learners and apply it to our lives. That when these things come our way, we won't waste time complaining and move into periods of rejection and um, depression and, and anger. If we feel that, Lord, help us to understand that's a warning. We are not where we're supposed to be. Stop, drop, and roll it all over to Jesus. For we are more than conquerors through him that love us. Thank you for what you're going to do. Pray for the saints, Lord. There's a tremendous job to be done because there are people who are lost. Lost. They're not crying among the tombs. They're not cutting themselves. But as I look at the news and the famous individuals who, are, who have made it, and they turn around and commit suicide. Individuals who had it all and suffered with depressions and didn't know where to go. There wasn't anyone to show them the light. So they, their answer was, listening to the person they listened to, was take your life. And in taking their lives, Lord, they've been ushered into eternity. They will be far worse than they can happen to imagine. May we, Lord, keep our eyes stayed on you. May we walk this way with our hearts and minds and commitment. That we, the song, we shall not be moved. So, Lord, this is our prayer this morning. Change our hearts. Change our motives. Change our actions to align with your will. And that there be one that do not know Christ as their Savior. Maybe they are lost. May they accept Jesus Christ who died for their sins. Recognize they are sinners. They cannot save themselves. And they know that Jesus Christ died for their sins and rose. And all they have to do is ask Christ to forgive them. And he will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.